this morning, I'm, I'm trying to, I want to provoke you in a manner that causes you to commit to your decision. I don't want you getting halfway in and saying, yeah, this ain't for me. How many of you have done that? You've gotten in the middle of something and you said, yeah, I didn't even get in the middle of it. I said, yeah, this ain't for me. Right? She wouldn't pay attention, so I got away with that. <laughs> and then she laughed right along with, I love my wife, boy. I love my wife. But here, here's, here's how all this happens. Now, I, I ain't got out of the Bible. I'm just giving you some practical stuff right now. But, man, this, this meant a lot to me. Because I can still bring the Israelites into it. Because you remember the first generation of Israelites that come out and how bullheaded and stubborn, right? They're just like y'all. They made a decision to move. See, when you make a decision to move, you have to first recognize that you need to move, right? were tied up for 430 years doing what everybody else wanted them to do. Bound. Captive. 430 years before they realized they needed to make a move. I want to encourage you. Man, you, you check yourself every day. Don't, don't just go over and say, do I feel good about this? It's not about your feelings, Jane. Mark. I'm just throwing names out right now. That way no, y'all don't get offended. But it's not about how you feel. You need to check yourself. Your checks and your balances comes from this word. Everything you say, do, or believe better balance out. If it doesn't balance out, you know where I'm going. Get rid of it. Stop doing it. Line yourself up. This is part of commitment. Could you imagine what would have happened if Jesus would have showed up on the scene half committed? Man, we can go through the Bible. I can show you time after time that I know if I was Jesus, Daddy, bring me home. Beam me up, Scotty. I'm out. Leave them on their own. They're not listening. They're not paying attention. They're doing what they want to do. They're stiff-necked. They're brood vipers. Jesus was committed, fully committed, unto death, death on the cross. Fully committed. 
He knew why he came and he did what he said he was going to do. He was fully committed. The Israelites, they're sitting in a season, in a place they went, man, something has to change. Matter of fact, something did change that caused them to change. The Pharaoh died, remember? The one Pharaoh left, the one that knew of God. This one didn't care. Y'all remember? And they was like, God sent us a Savior. Get me out of this. How many of you know? I've done that first 12 years of my marriage. <laughs> Lord, send me a Savior. <laughs> my prayers was falling on deaf ears at that moment because I definitely wasn't serving God. Anyway, here they were. They made a decision to move. But in that decision that they made to move, there was no commitment Pastor, they went. Mm -mm. No, they didn't. Their younger generation did. They made a decision to move. And in this move, this is what happens with us, okay? We make this decision to move, and often, more often than not, anytime we face adversity in our movement, we immediately say, this must not have been it, we're done. Now, let me help you with something. This is what I was given. A lot of what we consider adversity is just difference. Mm -hmm. That's true. A lot of what we consider adversity... Is just difference. They were used to one thing. This was different. You were used to being single. Marriage, dear Lord, is different. See, she can say it because he ain't in here. When we get caught up in our places of comfort and complacency, anything that's different, anything that confronts how we feel, we consider adversity. Man, how much further would you have been Today, if you would have heard that word, then. I'd have had first 12 years of bliss like most normal married people. The first year. <laughs> Sweetheart, they say seven. I told you I'm just in the teaching mode. I just want to talk to you this morning, so I probably ain't going to get too preachy. So you're just going to have to keep up with me because I, I want I'm, I'm trying to play off of different thoughts with you. But I want you to understand that when you have that 
when you have that knowledge of, man, I've got to do something different, and the only way I'm going to be able to do it is I've got to move. Okay? That's, that's what we do. When, when, when the Bible says to conform not to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, you're moving. You're moving from one state of thought to another. So you're, you should be in a constant state of moving in life. Oh, ouch. That's why it's hard for the lackadaisical people to achieve something different. Because they're used to complacency and comfort. May the Father make his face shine upon you. Boy, huh? That's what, listen, we, we want to know why, man, we have this issue. We want to know why we fight such adversity in this world. We want to know why there's so much, so much issue and just confrontation and why we have this. Because nobody has commitment to the move that they decided on. We faced a bump in the road. We faced the bank saying, no, we can't loan you money, so we quit. I would, I would say that probably over half of you wouldn't have been married if you would have based your marriage life on the first girl that you ever dated. I said half because I know Charlie... Y'all been lovebirds probably since 12 years old. I know Lisa, been, they've been lovebirds since she's like eight. <laughs> Quick to correct me, 14. Right? I know the first woman I asked to marry me didn't happen. Now see if I'd have been I could have used that for some wisdom. I'd have been like Paul, just been single. I couldn't have done that. Paul said, buddy, if you're burning, get married. I was on fire. <laughs> so a lot of what we face in life in the move of what we're trying to accomplish, we turn our back on it because it doesn't match up to what we were used to and what we were comfortable in. The Israelites went through some stuff. Man, they, they come up and there ain't nothing to eat, ain't nothing to drink, and they're going, Moses, well, you brought us out here to die? What's going on? Oh, yeah, Moses, this is great. See all that water out in front of us? Yeah, this, this is great. Should have just stayed Should have just stayed. If I'd have stayed, I, I know I would have had some meat, some leeks and onions. They've been tasting good. Ooh, they're nasty. How can you go back to something like that? Anybody ever had what they're talking about? Like scallions or something? Wild? Ooh. 
I don't even like cutting grass and smelling that stuff. And they eating it. It takes us to see ourselves in an unfavorable condition in order to at a moment of movement. If you consider yourself okay, you'll never move. Now remember, I'm not, I'm not talking about just You'll kind of move, because you and Ty, y'all like to do that. Yeah. I'm not talking about just moving, like, from physical locations. I'm, I'm talking moving, period. Listen, if you, if you walk around the rest of your life thinking that God won't forgive you, if you walk the rest of your Christian life out, that God doesn't love you. If you walk the rest of your Christian walk with one church, saying this is it, I'm just telling you, I made a, I made a statement in the first one and I said, we're on the move. I think my job right now is to provoke you in your spirit that if we're on the move as the shepherds of the house, you too should be on the move. Man, it, it, it was crazy to me when God looked at Joshua. Or looked at Moses and said, why are you crying to me? Why, why are you crying? Tell the Israelites to move on. I went, well, that sounds pretty easy. One church, move on. When we're faced with certain things in life while in a position of familiarity, we have a tendency to be unable to cope and contend with without quitting or giving in. And if, if, I'm, if I'm comfortable in my job, And somebody comes and says, hey, move you in a promotion. With this promotion, we've already talked about it, comes commitment. God bless you.
people always don't have the commitment to move to another level. That's why some people will always stay where they are. Oh, you need scripture? Where much is given. So I guess I'm, I'm trying to find out this morning, are you committed? You made a move. That's why I can't be friends with everybody. Being, being friends requires commitment. Being a friend means that you can call me at 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm not talking about being a pastor. I'm talking about being a friend. Call me at 1 o'clock in the morning just want to talk. That takes commitment on my side. Yeah. There ain't enough of me. I'm just being, look, I'm being transparent with you. As adults, we should be able to understand this. That's why I shook my head all the time in the Old Testament. What, you, dude, why you got like nine wives? Or you you lost your mind. Can't keep up with the one I got. Nine? No. Boy, if that had been a requirement from me, I'd have never done, I'd have never been doing this. Told my wife years ago, sweetheart, with the headache I got at home, what makes you think I want to go out and get another migraine? I'm out. There ain't no woman even coming close. Took me 27 years to grow this one up like I wanted. And I'm still working. The other thing that came to my mind when I was looking at this, and this was what you're getting right now is basically a pastor God conversation. This wasn't something that I went and pulled out of books and researched and dove into. This was mine and God's conversation. One of the other things that come to me was the four lepers. Tommy, go to Second Kings. Now there were four lepers men at the entrance of the gate. Now y'all y'all knew how this all works out in the in in Old Testament times, right? How they would put Lepers outside of the city, they weren't allowed to be a part of the city. They had their own little city, if you would, and that's where they all just diseased each other and died, died with each other. So they're outside of the gate, and they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? You see what just happened? They had a realization. They were in an unfavorable condition. They just realized something. Have you? Have you realized something in your life? Man, why, why, why am I 
Why am I the, I'm at this dead-end job. Okay, let me, let me come out of practical and go to spiritual. I'm giving everybody time to get their heads turned. So it's not, you're, you're thinking spiritual. Do you consider yourself in an condition in your spiritual walk right now? Now, before you answer that, and before you throw on the holy garbs, hear me out. When is the last time you walked in kingdom? Now, you know what comes with kingdom, right? Kingdom is a state, it is, a, it is a, a place of spirituality, kingdom. I'm not, I'm not talking about a heavenly kingdom as in a place that you would consider kingdom. I'm talking about in a spiritual place, kingdom, to where when you walk into a room, you change atmospheres. Not even opening your mouth. You passed by someone sitting in a wheelchair. Your shadow touched them and they stood up and walked. Can I go just, let's go one step further. You prayed over a dead person and they came back to life. When I ask you this question, how many of you realize that you're in an unfavorable position in your Christianity? Jesus said, look, you're going to do greater things than even I have done. In some sense, we are. We're reaching more people than he reached at one time. But his words are so powerful and so stern and so strong. They're still reaching people some 2,000 plus years after the fact. Boy, that, that boy bad. See, you, you, know you, you know you called to preach and minister when you can stand on a boat and you don't need a mic and you can draw thousands. No advertisement, no flyers, no cards, no websites. Huh? No speakers? Come on. Man, he stood, he stood on a boat and used... Stood on a boat and used the water as a microphone. You know what water represents, right? Holy Spirit. Never mind. I, I can't. See, that's just how my mind. I, boop. Why are we sitting here till we die? Why are you just sitting 
in your Christianity. So you can carry the card. Some of us have a laminated card in our wallet. It's the get out of hell free card. We have it laminated so it don't tear up. So when we get, you know, to that point. Um, you got 7-3 up there twice. I don't know why. If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. God's given you an opportunity to take a season in your life to move. And if you'll just add commitment to it. He's wanting you to realize that if you stay where you are right now. The only thing you can expect. And if you go back. The only thing you can expect. Here's the crazy part about it. But if you commit to move, the only thing you can expect, because <laughs> look, they said if we sit here, we also die. Now therefore come, let us, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, <laughs> we'll only die. I mean, in their mind, they're going, look, dude, we, I'm just tired of sitting I'm tired of sitting in my Christianity. If we open the doors on Sunday, we open the doors on Wednesday, we just have in church. And all's good, we go home. We live like hell Monday, Tuesday. 90% of us do it on Wednesday too because we don't come to church because there's no commitment. Yeah, I'm going to step on your toes. See, we, we're committed to do anything and everything we want to do. Whatever our desire is that just burns with inside of us, we will commit to anything. But let someone inconvenience my comfort. What do you mean Wednesday? You on the calendar, Wednesday? Revival? Nah, we'll hear about that late, later. Seven-day revival? Seven days? Seven? Man, my kids have got school. Well, I remember many like being drugged. Bring your books with you, boy, you're going. If we get out 10, 11, having exam, having final exams at school. Take your books. If you've been listening through school all year. <laughs> Instead of waiting until the last minute to do a cram session, you better pray to God he help you. <laughs> but you're going. There, there, there's no commitment. We have no commitment. And, and, and my fear is this. 
the lack of our commitment basically, I think, is just shining the light on what we truly don't believe. We don't think that God's Word can change our lives. That's why we don't commit to applying the Word to our lives. Do I have to be simple? Let me be simple for a lot of people that may not understand what I'm talking about. It, it's just like this. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart, you'll be saved. Why ain't there people believing in their heart? Why are they not committed? Because they don't believe the word. And you get in your white garb and go on the street and get mad at your finger because they're a sinner. See, not everybody to be cussing, committing adultery, fornicating. Not everybody has to be doing all that. There's other spiritual sins, brother and sister, that you and I struggle with and fight with on a daily basis. And if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you're going to find yourself faced with adversity and you're going to go, yeah, this ain't going to work for me. Come on, church man, the church. Listen, with all yeah with all of hell that's on the street I just had to check okay I had to check here but with all of it that's on the street right now churches should be getting their doors knocked in not from riots but from people's hearts being drawn to God but the church has grossly and utterly failed I said I was teaching not preaching we have failed miserably miserably Why? No commitment. As long as you're saved, it's okay. You're not committed to helping the one. And I'm not talking about going and giving people money. Listen, you can give people a thousand dollars, and in a week, the thousand dollars is spent. And they done forgot about you. They're looking for the next thousand. But if you go and spend time with someone and change their life, Amen. old timers, you say it later, teach a man to fish, he eat for his life. Right? You give him a fish, he go eat for the day. Church, what are we doing? What are we, man, I, I understand. I get it. I get it. We're facing some stuff. I get, I get it. Since when's the church got a cower back from anything? That's 
as a Christian, do you find yourself in an unfavorable position spiritually? No weapon formed against me. Do you really? Do I? Can I? Let me finish this first. I'm trying to behave. That's the whole problem, though. The church is trying to behave. And the church doesn't want to speak. I'm talking to black pastors, white pastors. Latino pastors, Asian pastors, anybody and everybody in between, pastors. This is to them right now. Before you can fix a racial divide in this country, you better fix the kingdom divide in people's souls. Nothing on that street has to do with racial. I'm going to get all kinds of dirty stuff, man, bad male. Put your boots on, boy. We have forgotten what causes what we're facing. It is sin. It is the lack of of Jesus and the love of God on the streets. That's what causes what we face. Get over it. I don't care if you agree, if you disagree, what it doesn't matter to me. Before we fix this, nothing to be fixed. We all why is it that we Why is it that we try to fix things when it's total chaos? Oh, come on. Church, I'm so glad you're marching now. Where were you three years ago? I, oh, I'm so glad you're praying on the street now. Where were you a century ago? Come on. See, people will get mad at me real quick because I'm done. I'm done. Your policy's not going to change it. Your politics are not going to change it. Your president is not going to change it. Your governor is not going to change it. It is the blood of Christ, and that's the only way it will be changed. Man, for y'all to think it's going to be a black heaven and a white heaven and an oriental heaven, and come on. Man, you're going to be mad when you get to heaven, boy, if you make it. God's going to set you right beside the one that you in. What? (laughs) Man, I get it facing stuff, man. And and you know what? It is reality. It is there. It's tangible. We see it. We feel the effects of it. So I'm not saying that it, it doesn't happen. I'm not telling you that. Why is it happening? When you got a church on every street corner in America, why is it still happening? 
because you're getting there and you're trying to fill your pockets with change instead of filling the pews with Christian souls. Keep telling them what they want to hear. You know what? And jump on the political bandwagon. Allow this now, this platform that you use on a Sunday, which you're to be delivering the, the undisputed, the non-diluted word of God. Use this platform now to basically position yourself politically. Do that, pastor, because that's always good for people. Y'all shouldn't have let me go. We don't want the truth no more. We want what makes us feel good. See, I, I got to be a part of the Black Lives Matter because if I'm not, I'm racist. Bow down, kiss your feet. Well, I'm going to get some hate mail. There ain't but one person I'll ever bow to. And he's the only one that can take my soul and put it in heaven or hell. Church, wake up. We are facing demonic activity and we're doing nothing about it. Y'all know I don't like to name spirits, but y'all know it as a Jezebel spirit. That's what's on your street right now. That's what you're facing. Because you're facing something trying to debunk authority. You're, trying to, you're, you're facing something that's, that's causing division. There's, there's so much manipulation that it is gross. And the church is okay. Well, we'll stay home. I'm not staying home no more. You, you can't do nothing to me. You can lock me away. Paul wrote 13 of these babies in here. He wrote 13 of these babies. Maybe, maybe that's what God's going to have to do. Maybe I, can write, maybe I can write some. Maybe I can get my books out. What's up, church? Where, where is your commitment? See, I don't, I don't have the platform that some of these others have. That's why I'll just, I don't care. I'll just say whatever because I, I ain't scared of losing you. It, it don't matter to me. You didn't make me. You can't take me. But the lack of our commitment as a Christian community as a body of Christ. We're making Jesus go to the laundromat. We're making him go to the laundromat. He's throwing stuff in the washer. He said, I ain't no spot, no wrinkle. And we wonder why we dizzy, because we're going around the washing machine. Church, I just want you to realize something, man. You'd, all this, this movement, listen to me. There, there's so many different, there's so many different movements, and they all have one thing in common. It is personal agendas. 
It's not to you. Don't kid yourself. It's not to unify anybody. None of it. See, you got me started. And after they had realized that they were in this state, I didn't lose myself. And after they had realized they were in this state of we can stay here and die, we can go back there and die, we can go over there, and maybe something will happen. And if it don't, we'll only die. They rose at twilight to go to the camp of Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. They recognized, they decided to move, and they committed to what they said. And look what happened. Pastor, you telling me that as long as I commit to it, it's going to, nope, it's not one, I'm not telling you that at all, because let me tell you something, there's more voices in your head than just God. You want me to help you? You got your mommy-law, Huh? You got your spouse that just loves and adores you so much. You've got God. You got the Holy Spirit. You got Satan. What? He will appear as light. Man, you you'll come to me and say. Well, God told me, and I'm sitting there looking, going, sweetheart, that's not in Scripture. Well, I know it was God. No, that was Satan appearing as an angel of light. That ain't lining up with that. God will never tell you anything outside of that book cover. That's his word. If he needed more, come on. Matter of fact, he didn't even... We are so small in our thinking he needed all of that to get to us. Because we're so because he said all he needed to say. I am. That's all he needed to say. But he said, no, nah, okay, because y'all gonna be one of them people. Let me give you this too. <laughs> he lined it out for you. He, he put it all out there for you. All right, I'm closing. Time to go to Luke 14. This is, this is why, let me, let me read it first. For which of you intending to build a tower does not set down first and count the cost? Look at this, whether he has enough to finish it. Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all who see it begin to mock him. Saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. For which of you intended to build a tower? For which of you intended to move? 
without commitment and first didn't sit down and figure that the cost was going to be high. See, I just, I, boy, is the cost going to be high for me today. I'll probably get stuff before I even get to take a nap. Have you considered the cost? Have you recognized that you're in an unfavorable condition? You've decided to make a move. Have you considered the cost? Then you might want to put a commitment to it. Because this is saying, look, this is what this is saying. You said you're going to serve Christ. Serving Christ comes with a cost. You didn't have to pay what it took to be saved, but you will have to pay what it takes. But if you go and you make that decision, you found yourself unfavorable. You said, I got to make a move. You didn't consider the cost, but you committed. You can't commit. You considered. You decided. And you did. Because you didn't consider the cost. The first friend that says, oh, I forget, you're one of them Christians. You turn and you say, no, nah, let's just go to the bar and get drunk. I'm good. God knows my heart. Oh, we so we're so much a watery Christian. And y'all already know. I don't, I don't tell you that a beer's taking you to hell, or that I I don't do any of that. You work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, but don't be a stumbling block. Bible actually talks about when it talks to you about it, it's saying don't be addicted to. Never mind, I can't even get into that. If it's got control of your life, you have a problem. <laughs> Anything. You can't have control of my life, girl. You better st- You can't tell me. Consider the cost, because when we don't consider the cost, the first time we run up on something... Uh, maybe I'll just sit in the church. I don't want. I don't want to be an usher because um, I got there at nine, and um, the person that was leading it told me I had to be there at eight thirty. And well, I just you know, I, I mean, Pastor, you are long-winded. I can't be there an hour before church. What? They just don't know, do they? They just don't know being there at 8 o'clock and leaving at 2. They just don't know, do they? And then come back in the evening. Yeah, they don't know. I'm not, shh. I won't, it'd be all right. I ain't going to go there with you. I'll leave you alone. <laughs> Commitment. That's why I entitled this The Follow Through. You can be on the move all day. Make sure you follow through. 
Don't, don't let life throw something in front of you and stop you. Make sure you follow through. Here's why. Go to James. James chapter 1. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Man, if you find yourself in an unfavorable spot, make the decision. Give your heart to Christ. Change your mind. Commit to it. And he'll follow through. The Bible, God's all about covenant. He goes through it multiple times and says, if you will do this, then I will do this. See, we, we, we speak the promises of God, but we don't understand that that is a covenant and it requires something on our behalf or this half doesn't do it. It's just like going to work. If you go to work and punch in and punch out, you get a check. You don't go to work, punch in and punch out, you don't get a check. Don't go to the owner crying about a check when you didn't even show up to work. But look how quick we'll go to God crying. Uh-oh. All right, I got to stop. I got to stop. 